last one. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. And I'll cut the click like I just did because that doesn't need to go on that long. And by the way, on that one, we'll be using the track drums because Alan will be downstairs in Kidman. <laughs> All right, any questions? Do what?
Good morning, church. Welcome. I can't think of a better way to start our service than celebrating baptism. So if y'all just come in and grab a seat, and let's witness together the uh, testimony of, of Eva Madden. All right, would you stand to your feet? Let's encourage one another with these words from God's Word in Habakkuk 1. If you could pull those up on the screen, please. There we go. Let's read this together. Look at the nations and observe. Be utterly astonished. For I am doing something in your days that you will not believe when you hear about it. Captain, for now the weak can 
can say that they are strong in the strength that God has given. With shield of faith and belt of truth, we'll stand against the devil's lies. An army bold whose battle cry is love, reaching out to those in darkness. Call to war, to love the captive soul, but to rage against the captor. And with the sword that makes the wounded whole, we will fight with faith and valor. When faced with trials on every side, we know the outcome is secure, and Christ will have for which he died, an inheritance of nations. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Arise, shine, for the risen sun. Lift your The Son of God is stricken. Then see his foes by crushed beneath his feet. For the conqueror has risen. And as the stone is rolled away, and Christ emerges from the grave, this victory march continues till the day. Every eye and heart shall see it. So spirit come, put strength in every stride. Give grace for every hurdle. That we may run with faith to win the prize of the servant good and faithful. As saints of old still lie the way, Telling triumphs of his grace, we hear the cause and hunger for the day when with Christ we stand in glory. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Arise, shine, for the Oh, church.
We want to see you open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing from your heart, filling every part of our praise. Amen. Thank you for your singing. Grab a seat. Good morning and welcome to Hebron Baptist Church. We exist to glorify God by inviting every person to take their next steps toward Christ. And what an amazing morning it's been already. Thank you so much for joining today. If you are a guest here today, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Thank you so much for coming out, whether in person or online. We are so glad that you're here. If you're a guest, we would love to get to know you, and one way we can do that is through a Connect card. A Connect card is a card in the seat in front of you. If you would just pull that out and fill that out, that'll let us know how we can be praying for you, how we can serve you. After service, if you would exit through these central doors and turn left, you'll see our next steps desk. There you can turn that card in and meet someone who'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have and also give you a free gift. So welcome guests. We're so glad that you're here today. Well, we're going to transition now to a moment of prayer, and as we do, I ask that we all prepare our hearts for our act of worship later in the service as we give. So would you please pray with me? Good morning, Father. Lord, thank you for what a wonderful day it is. Thank you for your amazing grace and love shown to us each and every day. Lord, today we lift up to you our core value of sacrificial giving. Father, thank you for giving to us so generously and so sacrificially. You've given to us all breath and a heartbeat and daily bread. You've given to us such sweet fellowship here in this church family. Thank you. Thank you for providing for us so sacrificially, mostly through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus, who took our place. Lord, we desire to reflect you. We pray that you would make us more and more sacrificial givers. Thank you, Lord, that you've allowed us to give in such ways that will make an impact for your kingdom. Everything that we have is yours. All of our treasures, our time, our talents, we give these all to you. We surrender them to you and ask that you would use them for your glory and for your kingdom. Father, our hearts go out today for the Richard family, for Chris and Rhonda Richard, for their sweet daughters, Hannah and Kinley. Thank you for this amazing family who you have called to international missions and who we've seen obey you in faith as they've gone from our church body to serve you in Argentina now as IMB missionaries. We continue to lift up this amazing family to you. We pray that you would bless them. We pray as they continue to learn the language that that would be more and more just easy for them as they communicate to their friends and neighbors around them. We pray for their Bible studies. Thank you, Lord, for their Bible studies, the people that they're impacting through those. We pray that you would use their Bible studies for your glory, that people would grow in knowledge and love of you, Jesus. Lord, we pray for their girls as they're still going to use to their school and friends and just a whole new life. We pray for the Lottie Moon offering that will be coming up next month, and that we ask that you would continue to use that offering to provide for the Richards and so many other missionaries around the world. And finally, Lord, we pray for a, chance, a church planting movement to happen in Chris and Rhonda's area. We, we thank you that it seems like this is going to be happening, and we pray that your Holy Spirit would just blow on this and let it bloom and blossom. Closer to home, Lord, our hearts go out to the many health concerns going on in and around our church body. You know all these well, Lord. We, we pray for Darian Bertram, uh, this mother who's pregnant with a baby boy, the boy who has some heart defects. The plan is that this baby will be delivered this Monday, tomorrow, and immediately go into heart surgery. We ask for 
your blessing and healing. We pray for Mother Darian and husband Jared and for this precious baby boy that you would give life, that the delivery and surgery would go well, and that you would be so close to this family. We also continue to lift up to you Rose Stevenson, still in serious condition, having had multiple surgeries and, and a multitude of different health concerns. We pray for Rose. We ask for a miracle and healing in her body. Please be so close to Rose and her family now. Lord, we come to you finally all with different concerns on our hearts. And our, our greatest need before you is that we need a Savior. Thank you that you have seen us in, in our great need and that you've responded by providing that Savior through Jesus Christ. We have all sinned. We've all become separated from you due to our sin. And thank you that in response, you have lovingly come and borne our sin through the person, the God-man, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and who rose again. And we pray that through his sacrifice, you would wash us clean and make us new. We continue to praise you and worship you for the good news of Jesus, for his victory over death and the new life that he gives. Lord, please be with us and continue to be with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand to your feet? Would you stand to your feet? Uh, and as we continue in worship together, let's, um, let's sing together and rejoice in what Jesus has done for us. Savior, all I die, rock of ages. 
together. How firm a foundation, you saints of the Lord, he is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he has said, to you who for refuge to Jesus the not, I am with you, O oh, be not dismayed, for I am your God, I will still give you aid, I'll strengthen you, help you, and cause you to stand, upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. 
us this morning as we worship the Lord together, that we gather as God's people to celebrate what he has done for us, and as we, though kind of have set aside by tradition the week of Thanksgiving, uh, we as Christians should have Thanksgiving every day, right? That we know that the Lord, God of the universe, has sent his son to die for us, that we might live. That is something that we can wake up every day to be thankful for and live a life of thanksgiving uh, for him. And so today, as we gather as God's people, we want to come to his word expectantly, uh, expecting him, as this uh, says, that God still speaks, that God will speak to us this morning as his gathered people, and maybe even speak to you this morning about something that's going on in your life. So if you would, turn in your copy of God's word or into your devices to 1 Samuel chapter 3, it is page 235 
in the pew bible that's in front of you and uh, you can go there and follow along in the translation that i will be reading from uh, we uh, this is actually the last in our samuel series as we will uh, transition on you can't believe it it doesn't feel like it but well maybe because the cold temperature outside we feel like it but that next week we'll begin the first sunday of advent as we celebrate his coming and so uh, look forward as we, next week we will look at the songs of christmas all of the songs that are recorded in scripture around jesus birth and we'll start looking at those next week so let's read beginning today in first samuel chapter 3 and uh, have see samuel's calling by the lord and see and be challenged that God still speaks to us. The boy Samuel served the Lord in Eli's presence. Those days the word of the Lord was rare and prophetic visions were not widespread. One day Eli, whose eyesight was failing, was lying in his usual place. Before the lamp of God had gone out, Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was located. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. I didn't call, Eli replied. Go back and lie down. So he went to lay down. Once again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. I didn't call you, my son. He replied, Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, because the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him once again for the third time the lord called samuel he went up he got up and went to eli and said here i am you called me then eli understood that the lord was calling the boy he told samuel go and lie down if he calls to you say speak lord for your servant is listening so samuel went and lay down in his place the lord came stood there and called as before Samuel, Samuel. Samuel responded, Speak, for your servant is listening. The Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do something in Israel that everyone who hears about it will shudder. On that day, I will carry out against Eli everything I said about his family from beginning to end. I told him that I'm going to judge his family forever because of the iniquity he knows about his sons are cursing God and he has stopped, not stopped them. Therefore, I have sworn to Eli's family, the iniquity of Eli's family will never be wiped out by either sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until the morning. He opened the doors of the Lord's house. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son, here I am, answered Samuel. What was the message he gave you? Eli asked, don't hide it from me. May God punish you and do so severely if you had anything from me that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and did not hide anything from him. Eli responded, he is the Lord. Let him do what he thinks is good. Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and he fulfilled everything Samuel prophesied. All Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was confirmed prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear in Shiloh because there he revealed himself to Samuel by his word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to this account in Scripture of you calling Samuel, may we 
listen intently and ask God, you, please speak to us that we may never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Before there were refrigerators and freezers, there were ice houses that people used. When the rivers or lakes would freeze over, they would cut out a portion and put it in the ice house, cover it with sawdust, and, and, and in many ways that, that this would last to the summer, this ice. And one time this father was uh, working in the ice house and he dropped his precious family heirloom, his watch, and he searched, he raked, he did everything he could to find this watch and he couldn't find it. And so he was devastated. Well, later that day, his son went into the ice house and just a few minutes came out with a watch. And the dad said, how did you do this? I, I spent hours looking for this. How did you come across my watch? And he said, he went into the ice house, closed the door, and lay down on the sawdust and got real quiet. And in just a few seconds, he could heard the tick, tick, tick of the watch. He said, I just blocked everything out and listened for it to call me. See, God still speaks today. The question is, are we listening? Are we listening for his voice? Are we listening for his command? Are we listening for his truth? This text presents to us the God who walks right up, it says, and stands right in front of a boy and speaks to him. The creator God of the universe speaks because he wants to speak and reveal truth to the boy. Friends, God really still speaks. Do you hear him? Do you listen? What does it mean, Pastor, that you are saying that he is speak? Are we talking about uh, that, that, I that there's a, a, a wind in the air or something, that a feeling that I get? Well, what, when we say God speaks, we say that God reveals his clear will for us that is affirmed by the Scripture. That God wants to speak truth in every person's life for his will for them, but that it is affirmed through Scripture, meaning that he will never speak a falsehood, never contradict his word, or lead in a way that is contrary to his sovereign plan. The God of the universe wants to walk up to ordinary people and speak to them his truth. God speaks primarily to us through his word. We know that it has been given to us of revelation and passed down through the centuries by his hand, by the way, that we might know the truth and know him, the God of truth. We also know that God speaks through his church as God reveals his will through, will through other believers and the, the, the gathered church of people. He speaks through other Christians who are firm through the Holy Spirit and all of this guided by the Holy Spirit. The book of Samuel is about God speaking to his people, about his love, about his plan, about sin. But the book of Samuel is revealing the God's plan to heal their sin in Jesus. 
as we see this of the calling of Samuel, God speaks, then we must ask, how does God speak to us? Well, there's four truths about those who can hear God. Number one, if you're taking notes on your bulletin or in your phones, you must have intimacy with God to hear his word. You must have intimacy with God to hear his word. As we hear and see this, we must understand to hear God speak his revealed word, you must have an intimate relationship with him that you recognize his truth. In verse 1, we see the setting. Verse 1, in those days the word of the Lord was rare and prophetic visions were not widespread. It was the dark days of Israel coming out of the days of the judges where people rejected God and his leadership, re rejected God and his ways. And so there was a darkness as we see even the priest Eli, who was supposed to be uh, the leader of spiritual things, was not spiritual, had not heard from the, the ways of the Lord. And when he did hear from God through the man that came to visit him, what did he do? He rejected it. We see that in this case, the, the activity or the hyper-religious activity that happened in that day clouded the people from hearing God. And God was not speaking because, quite frankly, nobody was listening. Yet here, Samuel, sleeping in the temple, near the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, God began to call out to Samuel. Interestingly, Samuel did not know it was him. He thought it was Eli and kept running to him. <laughs> I was reading this just now, and it kind of reminded me if you're a parent, you know, like a kid coming to you in the middle of the night, it's not me calling you, go back to bed. I, I just had those flashbacks of that happening. But Eli was saying, why are you coming to me? It's not me. But then the third time he realized, oh, God is speaking to Samuel. And he pointed him and said, go, and when you... If he speaks again, say you are ready to listen. You see, Samuel did not have intimacy with God to be able to listen and hear. As a matter of fact, the scriptures say in verse 7, Now Samuel did not know the Lord because the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. This isn't saying necessarily that Samuel was not saved, but it is saying for sure that he was not understanding of the word of God coming to him. It highlights God's graciousness again to those of us who hear God and are called by him that it is not of our good nature or our works, but God himself coming to us. There was nothing special except for God spoke. But then, after being understanding, talking to Eli, that he understood that this was God speaking to him. Your servant is listening. He was listening and ready to receive God's word is crucial. Brothers and sisters, if you want to hear God speak to you, you need to have a heart that's ready to hear. You need to be intimate with God. You need to consistently be in your word. You need to be consistently listening in prayer. You need to be regularly obeying God because it is hard when you disobey God to hear God when he's telling you the right way if you're constantly rejecting the Spirit's leading. We must have intimacy with God that we might understand and discern the voice of God 
for his will in his life. You know, it is, amazes me that a mother can tell the tone and texture of their child when they scream. A mother can be in the middle of Chuck E. Cheese with 150 kids under the age of eight, and their child can cry in the back corner, and their mom is like, boop, 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 boop. I hear my child, I must go. Why is that? It's because there's an intimacy with that child that that mother knows that child. In the same way that uh, kids know their mom's voice, you know, let's take that same issue, you know, they're in the middle of Chuck E. Cheese and they do something wrong and their mother can be in the opposite corner of Chuck E. Cheese and they can see across and they can say, Sean Franklin Dobbins. And the child, oh, I felt a chill. <laughs> Why is that? Because we can know that intimacy with that person. The same way we must be developing an intimacy with God, that we must be listening to discern His voice, understanding what is the truth of scriptures and what is the truth or the lies of the world. What is the, the truth of God and what is the, the things that we make up in our life? What is the word of God to us for our will and the things that we are making up on our own? Why might we not hear God? Well, in experience, this was Samuel he was inexperienced and not been around God. Maybe you are just a baby Christian and learning the way and you need to get with another believer to help you, encourage you in God's word. Maybe you don't hear God because you don't expect to hear God. You, you just go to your devotions and flip something open and hope you, you've kind of gone through your day. You say, okay, well, I've checked that box off. Instead of seeing that the word of God is living and active and powerful and knowing that we have go to the God's word expecting to see him that you come to hear a sermon not not for 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 me but instead to say I'm coming to hear God and what he might reveal to me today how often do we come to gather and we don't think or expect God to speak and that's why I, I pray regularly God when we come we don't want to ever be the same again because when we meet with your word and if it's contrary to our will and contrary to our hearts we God we want you to change us so that we live your way and not our way maybe there's sin in your life every time as I said if you're sinning and choosing the opposite way of God and never listening for his call or his his correction or his rebuke and you're constantly saying no I'm going to do this no I'm going to do that no if you're always saying no to God you will never hear his voice brother sister you need to repent and you need to start listening for God's correction in your life or maybe you're just unwilling to listen an unwillingness to listen to what God has to say in your life. Eugene Peterson wrote, the primary organ for receiving God's revelation is not the eye that sees, but the ear that hears. That means that all of our reading of Scripture must develop into a hearing of a word of God, that we see it, we understand it, and we listen to it, and we obey it. Your faithfulness in God's word and quiet time, your listening must be a priority to your life that you're intimate with God, that you can recognize it as just as you would a friend's voice. 
But also, if you want to hear God's word, you uh, voice speak to you. Number two, you must be, have willingness to receive God's word as true inspiration. You must have willingness to receive God's word as true inspiration. Just as clearly as we see Samuel receives a word from God for him to follow, that we must see God's word as a direct inspiration to our life, that we must be obedient. Here, God appeals to Samuel in person as a divine visitation. And this gives us the kind of the sample of what happens throughout the scriptures that God shows up to the prophet, speaks to them, and God then that prophet speaks to the people. This lineage of saying that God, who is authoritative of all things, comes to someone to speak an authoritative word to the people. Friends, this is the same basic model that we come to when we come to the scriptures. That God in his majesty has come and revealed himself into the word and through the word speaks his authority to his people it is this model that we see that presents itself knowing that when we are reading what god has committed to his people we should obey it how do we know this well second peter chapter 1 verse 21 no prophecy came to the will of man instead men spoke from god as though they were carried along by the holy spirit second timothy 3 16 all scripture is inspired or breathed by god and is profitable for teaching for rebuking and correcting therefore if all of god's word is breathed is given is given to us then we know that we are bound to god's word to carry it out as divine authority and thus do what it says and we must see God's word to us as sufficient for our life. That how we live and what it says go together. What, when he says it, we do it, even when we don't understand it. Even when sometimes we don't agree with it. Even when we have some different, differing opinions, God's word trumps our hearts every time. And we must be listening for the authoritative word and be reminded that it's sufficient. What do I mean by that? Uh, someone said that we used to battle over the inerrancy of Scripture, that it was the, the, the recorded truth, but now in our culture we are battling over its sufficiency, meaning that God's word is sufficient or all we need for every area of our life. It's sufficient for our problems in the workplace. It's sufficient for our problems as a faithful parent. It's sufficient to give us the answer for our disagreements with our spouse. It's sufficient for every area of our life because it is from the source of God himself and our trusting belief and our obedient response. We would understand God speaks to us that we would take all this word and understand it is sufficient for us. John Calvin said, For just as the eyes, when dimmed with age or weakness or by some other defect, unless aided by spectacles, discern nothing distinctly, so such is our feebleness. Unless Scripture guides us in seeking God, we are immediately confused. See, it's amazing when I sit down with a couple who's struggling in a marriage and the big question that I, as I listen and I, I 
take in and I think and I listen and pray. And we get to the question, well, are you struggling today? It is clear that we all agree that things are not the way that we want it to be. Let's answer this question. Have we both been doing our marriage God's way or our way? And almost 100% of the time, they all agree they're doing it our way. But what's so amazing is when I give them the scriptures and we apply the scriptures to our marriage and apply the scriptures to our life and we start to live more faithfully to what God has revealed, God does a miracle work in that marriage because we realize that God's word is sufficient for all things. If you want to hear God, you need to trust that his word is sufficient. If you're doubting it in this, this age that you say, well, you know, I don't know, sometimes in this context it means this and this. And Look, friends, God's word says it and that settles it. It's sufficient for us. We must take this as truth for our life. We can't get into this doubting or choosing what we want to believe, when we want to believe it. All of God's word is good for all of our life. And we need to trust it and receive it. So we want to hear God speak to us. We need to believe God's word is good for our lives. Which leads us to number three. You must speak God's word. You need to speak God's word. Essential as it is for God's people to hear God's word, it's not enough because to hear it, someone needs to speak it, and that may be you. You need to speak what God says. You see, this is a very interesting situation that Samuel was put into. He received a word from the God, uh, from, from God, excuse me, the one true God, and it wasn't really good news. It wasn't something he really wanted to share because what was the word? Hey, everyone in Israel is going to shudder. They are going to be scared to their wits because I have judged the house of Eli and removed him from leadership because of his sinfulness. I mean, think of that day. Even with people who were not truly following God's will all the way, bowing down to idols, understanding the priest's position of tradition and what God's law was, when they would have even heard to this, man, even the priest doesn't get a free pass here. There's not even going to be forgiveness of his sins. Whoa! Samuel had to go speak to the man who basically was his spiritual mentor and person who raised him for most of his young life and tell him not very good news friends in the same way we have been given a message from God that is difficult both to deliver and to receive pastor Gordon Ketty says the gospel message is essentially a very hard message both to preach and to hear because it is a call to sinners to confess their helplessness to save themselves and turn in repentance to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation through his substitutionary atonement for sin meaning that you're a sinner there's nothing you can do about it the only thing you can do is put your faith in Jesus who died and rose from the grave who died in your place that's not an easy message God's word is rare today 
if it's rare and if it's not being heard or you're not hearing it. Friends, we can agree that God has spoken loud and clear today, but if it's not speaking, it's maybe because Christians are being too quiet. Maybe we're not speaking the truth in love. There was a, back in the time when airplanes, most of what they did were on tarmacs and they would bring the, the, the steps out to the airplane and the, uh, this one gentleman was not paying attention. He wanted to be the first one off the plane and they opened the doors and he just took one step, whoa, and he almost fell back. They hadn't put the stairs up. And he turned to the stewardess and said, why did you not say anything? He's like, well, you look like you were in a hurry. <laughs> that woman had a position, a job to, to stop and then stop someone from hurting. She stayed quiet. Brothers and sisters, we have the good news for all of the world. We cannot remain silent. We need to be truthful, even when people, the friends that we love and care for, are going down a path that leads to destruction. We speak the truth in love, in love, because we care for them, because we don't want them to end up in destruction. We need to speak clearly. We know that this is very difficult today, as Second Timothy has warned us, for the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to what their own desires will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. Why do you see that the rising of the false gospel, the prosperity gospel, has gotten so invasive in our culture? Because it says what people want to hear that it's something that they can control that we don't talk about sin we only talk about the blessings that you receive if you give this if you do this god is going to give you so much of blessing man that's a a selling message right i want good i want things i want stuff i want all good things in my life but the truth of god's word is sometimes god disciplines us Sin is bad. Sin leads to destruction. Sin separates. This week, I, I am understanding and, and feel that some of you may gather with family that you know that you're, you might be the minority report at the table. You might be the only Christian there. Or you may be the only Christian willing to speak God's word there. It's very difficult because you know God's truth and you know the family members that are leading a life of destruction and, and sin and you care for them brother and sister God has put you there in that place as his representative not to start a fight at the dinner table where mashed potatoes start flailing around but that you kindly lovingly pull them aside and encourage them in God's word how horrible would it be if we know that God's given us a a window and that this time next year we've still stayed, stayed silent the likelihood that we understand this that we should uh, understand that we must speak because God has spoke to us because God's truth comes through you we need to not be silent if you want God to be at work you need to speak his truth and when all of these things are true Number four, you must respond to God's word. 
you must respond to God's word. The reality is, if God speaks, we must answer, we must respond. And some of us may be shamed by Samuel's response when God called him. Because we see that it's in an essence that 1 Samuel 3 is meant to arouse out of all of us, out of our apathy as it aroused Samuel from his early morning sleepiness. To respond to God and what he's called us to do. To listen to God, obey, and to say and respond in the same way. Here I am. God, what do you want from me? Here I am. God, I am listening. There's no doubt that as this happened that we that it echoes what Moses said in Exodus chapter 3 when, the, when it says that the Lord saw that he had gone over to look. God called out from him to the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, he answered. Or later on when we know that as the prophet Isaiah that we read earlier this year, here I am, send me. Brothers and sisters, if we hear God speak, we must respond. And there are callings that every Christian shares the calling to believe in Christ, the calling to grow in godliness, the calling to study God's word, to, the calling to speak God's word to the world. We can say that these are our callings, that we must say, Here I am, Lord, send me. But God has also particular callings for individuals. He's responding us in particular ways that we must understand if God is calling you to do something you must go through a pattern to say uh, does this match what God's word says if it matches what God's word says is this something that he calls believers to do and if it matches up God's word and it calls believers to do we should respond and do it so if you're being encouraged that you have a feeling that you should share the gospel with your server at uh, at dinner, at whatever restaurant you're at, you can say, is this something God's word says is true that I should do? Yes. It's part of the Great Commission. Is this something he calls all Christians to do? Yes. Okay. Then thirdly, then I need to do it. That's it. The discussion's over. If you know that you're supposed to, uh, if God is encouraging you to be more faithful to a tithe in the church or, or to a special offering that's called for, you can go back to God's word and say, does this match God's word? Yep. Is this what something he calls all Christians to do? Yep, okay, then I need to do it. If you need to forgive a family member that you have not spoken to and you've held a grudge that is, that is turning your heart dark because of this non-forgiveness in your life for them and you know you're going to see them this Thanksgiving, you don't skip another Thanksgiving and God is prompting you to forgive them. You can go to God's word. Am I supposed to forgive according to God's word? Yes, I am. Is this something that God calls all Christians to do? Yes, it does. Then what do I need to do? Forgive. Some of you, maybe God is calling to be an elder, a pastor, or a missionary, or deacon, or a leader, or, or just to serve somewhere in the church what can we do we go to god's word is it matching god's word is this something god calls all believers to do yes it is then you need to do it friends if god is speaking clearly to you you need to respond i am so concerned that we often get this mixed up that we say i have this feeling 
I might come up with some way that it's in the realm of Christianity to do, so then I do it. You start with your feelings instead of God's word. That is the most difficult and hard things a pastor. When someone comes up and says, Pastor, I've prayed about this, and this is what I'm going to do. And then the next words out of their mouth is contrary to God's word. I said, well, you didn't pray to the God of the Bible. You prayed to something else, or it was that pan pizza that you ate last night that's come back to haunt you in a bad way. It's that they put up this facade to say that God has told me to do this which is supposed to break down any conversation that you're supposed to have. They're not willing to listen to any advice because God's already said it to them. Friends, we always start with God's word. Does it count to God's word? Is it something that he's called all Christians to do? Then we should do it. If it's somewhere in the gray area, go seek advice. Find someone who might disagree with you and give them the ability to disagree with you. Trust and seek the wisdom of God and his word first. And then, when you hear God speak, respond and obey. But let me speak to some of you here today. By some reason of God's sovereign plan that you have been invited from, for someone to be here today. Maybe it's because we have a, a meal together. Maybe because it's Thanksgiving and you're traveling Maybe you just, for some unexplainable reason, you came here today. Well, there is no coincidences under the sun. God is sovereignly working all things out that you would be here at church today. And maybe you're far from God. Maybe you want to know the God of the Bible. The songs that we sang about of a God who laid down his life willingly for them. That you want that kind of love. You want that kind of relationship. You hear what the word says, and I, you would say, I want, to, I want to hear from God. I want God to speak to me. I want to know God intimately. I want to know this. Well, brothers and sisters, what first comes is responding to the good news of Jesus Christ and trusting in him. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter one, it says, long ago, God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. Brothers and sisters, everything rises and falls on Jesus Christ. And if you want intimacy with God, if you want to be with God in heaven for eternity, if you want to hear God speak, it starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the word that comes through God is the word became flesh that dwelt among us that we will celebrate for the next five weeks or so in our lives, six weeks, that Jesus came, that he lived among us. It was the, the God, the Messiah, the Christ that was prophesied from the beginning of time that, that God wanted a people, so he, he chose Abraham that would make us look forward to Jesus who would come, that he would want a, a nation, that he chose David, that he would 
establish a kingdom for all eternity. So he, he sent his true king, Jesus Christ, that the prophets prophesied and said, there is coming one who is the root of Jesse, who is the suffering servant, who is coming to earth, that this Jesus came to live a perfect life, who died on the cross, and the Bible says that three days later he rose to life, and that those who place their faith in Jesus can be born again and saved and immediately intimate with God because you've received the righteousness of Christ and you are his forever. Brothers and sisters, this is a word you need to respond to. You don't need to wait for your life to get together. You don't need to wait for things to get better. You don't need to make, wait for it all to make sense. If you understand that Jesus Christ is the answer for sin in your life, then you need to trust in Jesus today and be saved. Just a few minutes, we're about to go to the Lord's Supper. We invite those who have trusted in Christ and been baptized to partake of the Lord's Supper. And maybe today, God has been calling to you right now in your seat where you are to trust in him today and be born again. Respond in faith and be saved today. Brothers and sisters, God speaks through his word and he speaks to you of what he wants you to do. Will you listen? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the truth of your word, the power of your word, the intimacy of your word, the power and the good news that is your word. God, may we be people who listen, that we agree, we understand, and we obey. We're thankful for your word and the truth in it. We pray that if someone right now would place their trust and faith in you, we pray, God, by your spirit, you would move, and Lord, you would save them. In Jesus' name, amen. And then would you stand to your feet? Let's sing together.
before we transition to the Lord's Supper. Those of you watching online will be saying goodbye to you just at the end of these announcements. Uh, but uh, if you have not, look around you and uh, hopefully you've gotten uh, some elements for the Lord's Supper. Hopefully for those of you who have them, if there's not enough around you, there's a couple empty places around. If you kind of motion to somebody, maybe they can help you out. So if some of y'all can look around and uh, help. But if not, uh, you can raise your hand and some of our deacons will be glad to uh, throw them at you. No, I'm just kidding. They'll hand them to you. Uh, but uh, in just a minute, we will be turning off our live stream so that we can take the Lord's Supper. Uh, a couple quick things as you're, uh, if you can lend an ear. Tomorrow is our Baywack Thanksgiving luncheon. Tomorrow, we'd love to have you if you can volunteer in any way. We encourage you. You can also bring uh, elementary aged kids to come along to help. And if you want to bring them along uh, and help, uh, be here about 1030. Uh, I think, is that right, Kay? And uh, we are basically all, just so you know, it's carrying plates to people, filling drinks. That's basically what we're asking you to do. So if you can come and help uh, during that time from 1030 to about 130, uh, it would be great. Even if you can come for a little bit, uh, that will be a great help. Uh, and if you are providing green beans, they need to be here at 9 in the morning. So we're looking forward to this great opportunity to serve people in our community and uh, we're looking forward to hosting them here in our building for the first time in a long time so we're looking forward to that uh, secondly another kind of christmas way or a holiday way to serve next saturday morning so not so saturday after thanksgiving uh, at 8 a.m we're going to gather here and put up christmas decorations so if you can come give us a few hours if a lot of people show up It'll go up very fast. We're going to have all this stuff ready to go, uh, and it'll be ready for the first Sunday of Advent. So next Saturday, 8 a.m., we hope that you can come help us. Uh, speaking of that, that is the first Sunday of Advent. Next Sunday, we hope that you come to join us. We also tell, encourage you to invite people to the uh, Fireside Christmas event on December 4th. It's coming up just in a few weeks. It's a great night of worship, and of course, it ends with a surprise at the end, and so you'll want to be here for that. It's a great way, just an encouragement. A lot of people who are not connected to church or not connected to the Lord sing Christmas carols, and this is a very easy way to invite them to church. Studies have shown they are more willing to come to, during the holidays because it's something familiar. So invite that neighbor, invite that friend, invite that co-worker, and have them join us during the Christmas season. If you'd like to know more, out at the Next Steps desk is our little Christmas handout. If you want to take a few of those and hand those out to people, we'd be glad for you to do that as well. And then uh, just after our service today is our Thanksgiving luncheon. We hope to encourage you to come down to the fellowship, and we're looking forward to that. Uh, just make sure, if you would, please go find a seat 
so that we know how many seats we have if we need to add tables uh, just find your seat don't be just kind of me i mean i know you want to talk and fellowship and all that stuff but get in a seat so we can go and get started uh, down there uh, and wait for instructions for dismissal so uh, head on down there right after the service and then um, that's it so i'm going to say goodbye now to those of you online thank you for being with us today we'd love to have you come and